thing for a while Been in this thing for a while You don't even know my pain You can't even match my style You don't even know this game Been in this thing for a while yeah, yeah, yeah. Been in this thing for a while Been in this thing for a while Yeah Yeah It is another week in the books. Mo, my usual co-host, he hit me with a text and he said, "Lou, man, I, I, ain't, I'm not, I'm not gonna be able to make it this week." He didn't really tell me why or anything. I just feel like he may be going through something. So you guys, send you your uh, thoughts and prayers and lift Mo up out there if he's feeling down. Another week in the books, listeners. Absolutely, another week in the business. Another week in the book, listeners. Know how that can get. Um, or he might just be paying me back for missing out on our Sopranos <laughs> podcast too. You know how I think, Dan. You Yo, I, I want to know how that's going. I want to be. I want to be invited on that, bro. I, I want to be invited on that. You got to be serious about the Sopranos, man. Come on, man. You are. Though. Me and you. That was one of the first things that you wait, and I wait, like let, when we met each other to discuss, right? Yeah. Sopranos and rap. Well, after the intro, let's, I mean, let's, let's dive into okay. that. Yeah. All right. This is another week in the books. I am Spike Lou. Appreciate you guys tapping in. Y'all know what we do here. Elevating conversations. Again, Mo is out this week, but I got my man. Do I call you Dan the white man or just Dan the man? Do you want white? You want to leave white out of that? Because I know you feel a way when I include Yo, the white. Wouldn't that be you funny if like I was like, what, what if I was like, I'd actually appreciate the, the white man included? I'd actually appreciate that. Oh, it's kind of a setup question, actually, to see what you would say. You know no, what's no, funny, no, though? I when know, I first I met you, thorough. you mentioned the fact, when I first met you at Target yeah. in like 2011, I remember, bro, you would mention the fact that I was white in like every single interaction that we had. <laughs> and then over the years it just kind of declined and dropped off like every you know show why because you've never been around white people before that's not that's not it it's from being around white people because you got to remember the high school i went to was about 70 30 70 percent white 30 percent black and we were cool like we were the cool people in school so naturally like there were white guys that we were cool with because you know they were just into the some of the shit that we did we had gold teeth it was probably like a fucking zoo exhibit to them but like you know there were white guys that fucked with us and we fucked with them but those would be the jokes that would be you know the how the back and forth it's and like a commonality being, that you find yeah. like yeah yeah, for sure. uh, yeah so me being new to georgia meeting somebody you know meeting you using that familiarity that i had with white guys before so it's probably it threw me off bro and maybe you can tell me because like, you fucking like well no 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 i'm saying I, no i don't care i'm saying what well, i'm saying like the, I, I don't know how it like in Atlanta, bro, and not like obviously there are like more segregated parts of any parts of the, the country. You but mean mainstream Atlanta? Well, I would even say like blue collar working class Atlanta. Like I'm certainly not from the hood, but I'm not from like the, I'm not. I didn't grow up in like Alpharetta or Johns Creek either. So where I grew up was, I would say school was like seventy percent black, twenty percent Hispanic, ten percent, you know, ten percent white, and then I moved to Alpharetta when I was thirteen. And I was around more white people, but 
I just remember like it was so intermixed down here. So the impression that I've always got from you, you can correct me if I'm wrong, was that in Tennessee, which is where my dad's from, but I never like lived up there. But in Tennessee, it seems like even if you went to school with them, there still wasn't this like intermingling outside of like maybe nah, you see what I'm saying? And like down here it was like we're all just kind of jumbled together. Like we just Georgia, like we football. Yeah, and obviously there yeah, are hoods yeah, in Atlanta yeah, yeah. that aren't, but uh in redneck parts outside of Atlanta that aren't. But I mean like Metro Atlanta is pretty pretty mixed. pretty sprinkled, bro. Spot. Yeah. You know, do you do you agree with that? It's a mixed spot. And Tennessee is segregated. Mm. It was, I will say well, at Nashville. I yeah. want to be specific. Your people are from Chattanooga, two hours outside yeah. of Nashville. Yeah. In Nashville, it's rather segregated or was rather segregated when I left. When I go back now, it's a lot more mixed in. Are they are they home. doing the whole like I mean, I hate to say gentrify, but are they doing the whole like, you know, like um you know, Nashville you go to is Atlanta side, for Atlanta white now. people, bro. You say what? Nashville Nashville is Atlanta for white people right now. One hundred percent. Like let black people look at Atlanta or Houston. That's how white people look at Nashville. So to, I say that to say most of the party spots, mm-hmm. like when you go here, uh, you've been out here. There's black people, it's black music Everybody. because Atlanta is a black city primarily. Right. With Nashville, they're black spots. Like it ain't an overall thing. Like if you go you. to a popular spot, mostly white people are going to be in there. At least from my experiences, again, I've been going back more frequently as of late and enjoying myself. The city has grown so much, man. I almost kind of want to move back at some point but, or at least have property there or something like that. But it's matured a lot more from when I grew up to the question that you're asking. Like, yeah, it was segregated, bro. Like the the biggest difference to coming down here, like in Nashville, if you drive in 20, 25 minutes, bro, you're damn near going out of town. Like we we considered that out. Like you, you, you are way out. Yeah. But in Atlanta, you know, like that's normal. That's around the corner. Yeah, yeah. So that was one of the biggest things. That makes sense though, because like the ethos of Atlanta has always been black, right? I mean, like MLK. Um, uh, it's all. It was a business mecca, you know, where mm-hmm. uh, where even in the '60s, people could come and get money. Um, and the ethos of Nashville. And even now to Atlanta is Atlanta, but like Nashville still has, I guess, like that Hank Williams country music. Like it's still it used to, bro. It's growing up though. Like when have you ever been? I've been once, but I've never experienced. I remember, I remember one time I went. Now. We were like, "You gotta get." Some. Can I just real quick? I, I'm sorry, and and no offense, bro. <laughs> bro, what is the what is? It? Maybe it's because I'm from Atlanta. I've had really good Southern food growing up, but like what? And, and as have you. But what is? Bro, what is the big deal about hot chicken, bro? It's chicken with hot sauce and a piece of white bread, bro. Like, what? Yeah. I, I, no, no disrespect to anybody from Nashville. I love Tennessee, bro. <laughs> I might live in Tennessee one day. I love the mountains, but what is the big deal? What is what is this? What it's is the this same way with, with Wonder with... Bread and fried chicken and hot sauce, bro. I love all three of those things, but it's not like some dope. T- please, you know, like me, bro. you know, like Philly has cheesesteaks. New York has pizza. Um. Well, and things, bagels those things right? are good though right but hot chicken is like a nashville staple in the sense of it's not just regular fried chicken like there's a technique there's All a right. whole story and a lure behind it like have you heard the story do you know how it was created was it hattie b's or is that just like the no stop you like you literally probably would get beat up in nashville if you saw <laughs> hattie b's you the one who told me to go there i did i told you to go to hattie b's because there is no princess princess is the originator 
that's okay, the, so the, the first story. hot chicken well, I, spot. I'm actually very interested in this story. Tell me the story. So it happened. Um, there was a lady who suspected her husband of cheating. Right. Classic and, Southern story. Yeah, Southern story. story. And she wanted to pay him back for the cheating. So what she did is put a ridiculous amount of hot pepper on his chicken. And he loved it, didn't he? And it backfired. He asked for <laughs> it. He asked for it. This this is a true story, bro. He asked for it the next day. Wanted well, not the next day, but asked for it again. Yeah. And he told her to start selling it <laughs> because there was nothing like it. And people would line up after the clubs and going to the juke joints back in the day. And they would line up to get their hot chicken. It started as like a little house business and it just blew up from there. Now you got all these different variations of it. I really didn't get put on to it till I was in like in high school though. Because it was on the other, again, that's another one of those things. It was on the other side of town. Like hot chicken, to be even more granular, it was an east side thing. Like I'm from the south side of Nashville. So I didn't even know until I got a car and was able to drive to the east side and know that Prince's was a thing. And it used to be this thing when you go there, you have to give yourself two hours, bro, because they were still cooking in the back in a skillet, taking orders and like it's That's just a like line. a shack. Yeah, you get yeah, it's a line outside. Everybody's leaving the club. They want hot chicken. This is the best spot to go to. And why they closed down? I not still it's still popping today. Okay. They just haven't expanded like Hattie B's. Hattie B's has done the real right. deal white man thing and <laughs> gentrified it. We're gonna put it in all fifty. We gotta look at the numbers and, and uh Yeah, they're gonna run it. But Hattie B's it does it justice, but Prince's you when you go to Nashville, you gotta go to Prince's. You gotta all get right. Prince's hot chicken to get the real All right, I'm gonna do that. You go from there. Yeah. But yeah, that's a, that's the Nashville thing. But I'm happy to have you here, brother. You've been on here before with me and Mo. We talked about some different stuff. That was a really good episode. Got some yeah. good numbers. Now you and I are going to kick the shit for an hour, give people some content, something to digest. What were you going to ask me about The Sopranos? Well, you said, I, and I'm being serious. I'm like, I'll be offended if I don't get invited on that show within uh, within the next few months. But, um, but why? Are you what? currently watching it, though? See? I would say this. So. You gotta am, be like we we going episode for episode. This is about to be incredible because he convinced me to do this. He convinced me to do. I'm it. not no, doing you that. Gotta come to every episode, but, but but what I do do uh, on a regular is I I I I am probably to be completely honest, at least three times a week I'm binging Soprano clips on YouTube, just the classic clips for like wait longer than i need to be like 45 minutes a piece yeah just, is that your comfort show like if you want to put that on like for me that's thought of it that way but the man, wire is my comfort show it. the wire really the wire, the wire makes me that's, uncomfortable bro because it's so my, so tragic bro favorite fucking oh I, the wire is my favorite show yeah. i thought sopranos was your favorite show you switched the wire has like, surpassed that yeah flipped. wow you know, what made it surpass I've, I've been look. I've been rewatching The Wire lately because I'm about to do a uh, mailbag podcast with the Frame Per Second guys, and they're going to compare Snowfall to The Wire, and I want to just make sure I'm fully abreast on my Wire vernacular. But the reason The Wire is so good is there's so many different perspectives. That shit is legit like a fucking documentary. With the Sopranos, there are episodes where I'm like, ah, you know, absolutely, got to be Italian American to really feel this, or whatever it may be. Like, I, I ain't really interested in this, but I could see where someone who is in this mob shit would be. But the, but the wire, I don't feel like there's a wasted episode in the sense mm. of 
I'm yeah. fucking with all of this until the late, until the last season. When they all did the, the pieces fit together, season. like Lester said. Yeah, says. they do. All the pieces fit. All the pieces matter. Absolutely. But the wire is incredible, man. The wire is, and I, I think I mentioned this on the last episode in the brief. We might actually stop recording after this when we start talking about Sopranos. But mm-hmm. you notice that there's no score ever in the wire. Mm-mm. Never. The Baltimore City background is the the score. That's, that's the, the main best character. thing about it. That's what makes it sound like a. a that's what makes it play out like a documentary. And, like and you David Chase did that. Or, and shit. Was David Simon or David Chase? Who did Sopranos? David, David Simon. Chase? David okay. Chase did the Sopranos. Okay, David Simon literally said, um, "Well, I think he said that basically, you know how in a in a normal movie show, whatever, you hear the ominous Breaking Bad, for example, you hear the ominous music, and it's like, oh, this is the bad character." I should be scared right now. I should it's feel this way right, right now. now. Yeah, they the wire is literally like you went in the you went in the American city. You put a camera in the courtroom. You put a camera on the corner. You put a camera in the police station. You put a camera here, 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 here in the in in the in the uh, in the boatyard. All that stuff. And this is just what happens. And you can feel however you want to feel about it. But this is the American city. This is the classic American city right here. So I just love the neutral grayness of it because it's so non um they don't lead you anyway they don't that's, that's what i love yeah. about the wire i ain't leading you to like this person to hate this person right. all i'm doing is showing you what it is same thing with game of thrones one of my favorite movies also doesn't have a score and i just realized it when somebody pointed it out to me on mm-hmm. twitter and i went to back to rewatch it just to like to take it like that and it kind of hits like the wire uh no country for old men no music bro. throughout the whole movie bro that is one of my no favorite. music bro i was it's funny i was watching a little bit of that the other day yo it's so it's low-key funny when he goes into the old man the, the the store owner and he goes in it's just funny how he's like so you married into it or he's like this is my wife well it's my wife's dad's store and he's like oh so you married into it and he's like well if that's what you if, if that's how you want to put it and he's like I that's, how, the, that's how it is that's, that's how it is like and then he says, don't put it in your pocket. He's like, well, what do you want me to do with it's it? Like, put it anywhere other than your pocket. Like, it's just another coin. And then he turns around and he's like, which it is. It's like, bro, what is it? How much of a this psycho is this dude? This great, bro. That, but I love that. He's probably one of the sickest motherfuckers in movies, though. Yeah. That dude that played the point. little dude there. That's a great connection, though, because that movie is also about... Um, West Texas, West Texas, but also, but also, on a broad scale, Tommy Lee Jones, the sheriff, comes from a time. So the movie is almost a critique on like old westerns, where like we're talking about, you would have the bad guy, and then you would have the Clint Eastwood cowboy, the good guy we were rooting for. Savior. You had a clear, defined line of good and evil. And in No Country for Old Men, it's evil that you can't even understand, bro. There's no rhyme or reason to it. Like, it's, it's right. wild. Like, he was mad at his wife because she was cheating and he killed her. Like, nah. Like, I'm just here. I'm a fucking demon. And I'm going to yes. cause havoc on the whole fucking town. Yeah, Anybody man. that ain't seen that good uh, No Country for Old Men, make sure you go check that out, bro. Have you seen There Will Be Blood? I did, but I didn't take to that as much. Yeah. Like I got the Daniel Day Lewis thing about it, but it it's just, a great acting performance. It didn't yeah, hit it, for me. Yeah, he did his thing. Yeah, he did his thing, but it didn't hit for me. It's like, oh, that's one of my favorite movies. But I got why people were giving him a lot of praise for that. No, he's he's crazy, but um, he, it's one of those movies. Like once it's so intense and such a 
you know, an emotional, like, wow, this is, this is crazy. After the first time, it's like, that's it. But, um, but good earners, because I'm going to have you on now that you said you want to be invited. We're in season two, episode six right it's now. Arguably the best season. Season two? That's what I was just about arguably. to ask you. What's your arguably. favorite season? When would you like to come on and why? So I think one is great. Um, I don't think it's the best, but I would say... I honestly two two is big pussy storyline um two and three probably um would be a a one and a b um or one a and one b um i we used to argue about this i was funny i still don't think the last few seasons are are top notch i I think they, they they pushed it a little too long but i will say They've grown on me. Once I started getting into like the YouTube videos of like when Tony was having his little dreams or whatever and what that meant in the fit, then I was like, okay, I can I can read a little bit into this. So I would say two though. What about you? I hate the dream. I hate. I hate it. I still, too. I still to this day. Do you know the symbolism? The test, I don't even like think a, that I've like the the whole with Tom Therity shit, whatever the fuck his name was. That's Kevin what I'm talking Therity. about, bro. Bro, I still to this day I detest. Bro, I saw a episodes. video where they broke that down. It was so fire. But you had to send me the link to that because I yeah. hate that shit. Have you That's seen the only North- thing. Real quick, have you seen the movie The Northman? I was gonna add, I was gonna text you that earlier, but I'm like, I'll save it for the podcast. Listen I'm gonna to be me. real with you. I'm gonna be Bro. real with you. But my guy Nikki Ducey does. He he gets on me a lot for this. I watched the first 15 minutes and the accents were killing me, and I got out of there. The accents? Yeah, it was like Nicole Kidman's in that, right? Yeah, yeah, like they were talking crazy. Like it, it sounded fucking insane to me. I don't know if I was high or whatever it may be, but I was looking at it and I'm, I kept asking myself, like, bro, That's why? That's the closest are they thing to Game of like Thrones, that? bro. That's the closest thing to Game of Thrones. That's been out in years, bro. You got, you got. Um, I would go, give that. Oh, oh no, you got to. If, if I watch that, then you got to check out the Last Duel with Matt Damon. One, well, it's a movie. Fire. Last okay. duel yeah. with Matt yeah. This is just give like it, Game of Thrones. We'll both, here. we'll both agree to give it 30. All right. Fair I'll enough. go back to it and I'll give it 30. Yeah. Because I got out of there quick. I was out of there quick. Yeah, it was the accents. It was just killing me. I was like, why are they talking like that? There it made no sense bro. to me. <laughs> bro. But I, I don't know. I, I I just cut it on. I thought that I wanted to see it because you I thought it was it hardcore. You didn't enjoy like the whole Game of nah, Thrones. Nah, but then once they started talking, I was like, bro, what the fuck? Why are they talking like just it Fall threw me off. It threw me all the way off, bro. I was like, "What in the shit That's is going funny, on?" Man. What about the world today, man? What in the world today is piqued your interest, man? You always got good views on shit that me and you can go back and forth about. Well, let's start with what you sent me today. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Let me go back over. What what did I send you? The, the people. So 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 I'll I'll play uh, I'll play my I'll, I'll do my on deck thing. So uh, a quick hit. So. Um, I'll just pull it up real quick. So um, I am uh, doing my I'm at work and I get a text from Lou. Uh, we text back and forth a lot. And he it says, okay. let's see, it says it's about the armored car. Yes. OK. A new rideshare company in Georgia is channel Two. a new rideshare company in Georgia will let you hire an armed driver to get you to your destination. Quote, unquote. Our drivers are military, law enforcement, those who have been in the private security world for over five years. That's the minimum we require. 
Trump 2024. I'm just like, they didn't say that. It's just like, <laughs> he, okay, stop it. He's black. Don't, so don't even do that. The guy that uh, they were interviewing still might be black. For Trump. I don't know. <laughs> he might. You're right. But the essential, the, the gist of it is he started an Uber yeah. where all of the drivers are armed and previous military or police. I love so it. So if you feel like you're a person where I need an extra amount of protection, my Uber driver is going to have trained de-escalation skills is what this guy says trained skills in de-escalation and be armed so if you're going from point a to point b and you need that it's available for you it's about 50 percent higher than an uber it's about the price of an uber black so let me ask you a question i'm here for it where would you what situation would Spike Lou mm. order the armored Uber? You got to give me one. Mm. That is a really good question. Because I like or, the idea. Or where do you just think it makes sense for an average no, man to have to be? I like the idea. And that's the reason that I say it's a good question. If I'm just going out on a date and it's just like a random Thursday, Friday night, it's just me and the chick are going out on the date then nah, i don't really see that it's necessary right if there's an event if something is happening like mm. I, I mean maybe i step out and i want to go to something whatever type of party i could see where that would be valuable yeah. um i could see where if people knew like if you're a keynote person like mm. i'm presenting something people are expecting me to be there something may happen i got my suit and tux on and we're you know i'm, I'm stepping out to represent there's no way that i'm gonna have a really a, a gun on me in my tuxedo like i ain't tucking it like james bond or nothing like that so if that's the type of scenario and you get, are able to hire armed transportation i wouldn't be mad at that especially since i know that they're trained in what they do I saw a lot of scuttlebutt online like, well, what if they shoot the passenger and all that? Like, I feel like <laughs> I feel like all that is bullshit. What if you got in and he was like, hey, what's up, folks? Yeah, you good, man. Just, uh, just, just, just. What if just, I thought he was unprofessional? I'm just saying, like, what if you got it and it was either some hood dude or some like redneck who just was like guzzling a bunch. He was just like, hey, what's going on, man? Yeah, I got you, bro. <laughs> like, no matter what. See, that that would concern me if he was overzealous, though. I would expect see there's my expectation as a consumer like i expect this person to be like they saying ex-military ex-cop all right you vetted yeah. you're good like you ain't happy go lucky mr trigger finger over here you ain't trying to shoot nobody but if somebody come for me then you taking their head off that's the yeah. the ultimate thing that i would be looking for that though you have to worry about people like people can put on this mask and act like they're this certain type of person to go through this whole hiring process and you got them out there driving your cars representing your brand and they got a strap on their side because that's what your brand is about and then they fly off the handle when they get in the situation like bro i wouldn't have really did that if i were you or that's not like how you should have handled this i don't know how i would feel about that bro trying to like really prove how much of like yeah trying to be a rambo ass nigga like bro what are you doing like we could have drove off you got out and shot him why'd you do that now i gotta charge because you want yeah, to now, now i gotta wait for the police there's a whole thing uh, that i'm involved in only because you feel like uh rambo so my biggest concern would be like you said 
the mental stability of the driver. So I would like, say like, how I would how yeah. trigger happy are you? Yeah, I would want to know the credentials of because I think I think I, I agree with you on if I am, let's say, I don't know if like if you're running for city council, if you're running for stuff like that, I don't know if they get protection like that. I know the higher you go, eventually you get federal or government protection. But yeah, or if I'm a celebrity, I'm high profile or if it's or if it's got a bad feeling about something for whatever reason. Uh, I'm told, I mean, I, I, I would encourage people if they feel that way to carry, uh, lawfully. Uh, um, but I would just, I would just say, um, uh, I would want to know the hiring credentials that they are looking at, because I don't care how many times this dude goes to the shooting range, how many times, how long he's been handling guns. I would want to see, didn't he say though, most of our people are ex-law enforcement, ex-military. That, that, that in itself still that's, doesn't mean. That's a requirement though. He said at least it. at least five years of law enforcement experience or military experience. But how many cops and ex-soldiers do we see with PTSD or that don't handle firearms right either? Or or you know? here's a great question. Why are you an ex-cop? What'd you get fired for, buddy? That's a great question. You know what I'm saying? Like, why are you fired? Like you too aggressive? Like where you That's shooting people question. on the job? Like, why the fuck are you an ex-cop driving over now with a strap? Like, yeah. I, that those are questions that I would want to know. So you bring up a good point. Yes, that is true. However, I, I don't know if I would trust that brand with my safety though. Just I would want a cop who you know. So so at a lot of a lot of bigger churches and a lot of events, cops will do contract work because a police police officer doesn't pay a ton of money, um, but the contract work does when they contract armed security. So if it was like a, a current police officer. Or like somebody on leave of military And they were like yeah man what's up how you doing y'all Like made you feel super safe when you got it He was like how you guys doing blah 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 Started talking to you about his tours and all that And he was like yeah I do this cause uh, it's good You know whatever so that would be That would be very comfortable with that so So it's a personality thing for you More well, so no, than I, no, I think it's uh, more so like To your point are you just like were you just on indeed typing in like armed <laughs> you know what I'm saying armed jobs or like like how how'd you get in this position I want you I, I don't put it job. this way this, this is the way I would just say it I don't want this to be your primary game. I want this to mm. be like th that would make me kind of be like hmm that's a little but it, it, not necessarily but like I would want this to what be are like you doing yeah exactly that's a big so question I, I would want to get to know you in the car like so uh what else do you do sir yeah, I, I'm I'm analytical. I'm analytical like that as well. Like I would even with my Uber drivers with no strap. Like I'm always, if I'm interested. Well, excuse me, not if I'm interested, but I have my headphones on. Uber driver pull up. Hey, how you doing, Lou, or whatever it may be. I'm always like, well, I wonder what this motherfucker doing driving Uber. Do you talk to him? Do you conversate? No. God, <laughs> me neither, bro. please don't talk to me. Listen, bro. Listen, before I had a car, you know, I didn't have a whip for the longest. And, bro, mm -hmm. I had my line prepared, bro. So I always got headphones in, right? Just like you. I always listen to something. Mm -hmm. And my line was always, I would get in and my, my, my initial greeting would be super nice. I would go, hey, how you doing? Whatever. And then I would say, I'm going to have my headphones in. Just let me know if you need help with directions. That way... There's no <laughs> awkwardness. You know that I'm going to have my headphones in, etc. Bro, sometimes literally I just see them turn around and just talk. It would be like what like the sound was off. Here's the I'm thing, like, bro. You, I just told you I'm going to have the my thing. Why I feel like I'm too nice. I, don't, I, I, I think I'm too nice to even do that. 
like my expectation as a human being is like bro you see these headphones in my ear <laughs> you know these airpods are not just in here for no reason like i'm listening to something like why are you trying to talk to me and i always find myself being like okay let me, let me just not be an asshole let me press pause let me see i'm sorry what'd you say yeah. oh yeah yeah ha, ha, that's funny yeah it's cool and i always find myself in positions where it goes too far and i'm like damn like why didn't i just keep my earphones off? <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm, I'm too nice of a person or what i've had some of the most interesting conversations with uber drivers ever there is something like interesting about like sometimes it's where they're at in life and it, it always seems to go deep fast you ever notice that facts they'll tell you they life fucking there's some uber drivers that'll give you way too much information and then it's bro, like when you like, drop me off, i don't even want to know like, <laughs> like, like cool bro i wish you the best shit, in life bro. i hope that tragic situation oh works out the best in your favor bro the, the small business bro good luck man you know I'm sorry that someone threw up in your car and like cost you 500 bucks yeah, to clean. Yeah, it's crazy. The, the you go back Uber, to Santa Monica. Man. Yeah. <laughs> I had a guy one time who somebody kept calling and reporting him as a drunk driver. He said he didn't drink at all, but like one of his passengers got mad because he put him out. So they called and reported him as drunk and like he had his account got deactivated. That was the only way that he got money and he was just on this whole thing. I'm like, damn, bro, like. I don't know what you want me to say, but I hope it works out for you, bro. I'm at my destination right now, and I'm trying to listen to this podcast. So. Yeah, when people drop a bombshell on you and like you're not in a position to help them, it's always and like, then I can do like huh. it always makes me feel like I wonder why they told me this. They had to tell somebody, right? I don't know if I'm just being an asshole at work. Nah, I'm just not the type to like let out my stuff to people, especially a stranger, bro. I wouldn't and, want to talk to somebody I barely knew about something really personal. And being that type of person, when someone does that to you, you're almost like, bro, what the fuck are they on? Like, what, what is this weirdo doing? Like, I wouldn't have told Jesus this if he came and asked me all my fucking sins, dude. But you're telling me this, and I'm just getting in the back of your Uber. You're never. Gonna What's see wrong it. with you? Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm a really analytical person, so it makes me think that. Yeah. So I would say uh, I feel like the arm dudes would be a little bit more uh, low key, though. You know, they they would know it's if they're doing their job well. They would know it's a job. They would know it's it's a uh, it's a uh, it's 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 a mission. You know what I mean? They would almost look at it like yeah. a mission. I gotta get this. You do gotta. Set. You have to sell the driver more in that setup than you do with Uber. Like oh, if somebody's gonna be arm picking me up and I'm expecting them to protect me. Like you got to be like, oh, this is such and such. He got this many years experience in this, and he's trained for this, that, and the third. Like that would make me feel comfortable. So, in order to grow that brand, where you got the armed Uber driver coming through to pick you up, that's what I would need as a customer, and that's what I think they would need to grow it. It's starting here in Atlanta now. They're going to grow to California, so I'm I'm anxious to see how that works out. Yeah, I like it. Um, it's going to yeah. be interesting to see how it works in California with the carry laws. But so, That's what about the thing you sent me? Uh, uh, the other thing. Let's talk about that. What's that? The tweet you sent me. Let me pull it up. Tell me about it while I pull it up. The one about coworkers making friends. 
about what white co-workers being more likely to First make all, friends I had than to black Google co-workers what a, a yt people was bro i didn't, I didn't know people, yeah, yeah no 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 i know now but <laughs> that's a black thing see that's the thing that's part of the reason for this like that's that's a thing amongst black people when we put yt people black people know what you're talking about why why put why why not just put um i mean people may be on twitter their co-workers mm. may be watching you don't want to seem like that you're uh sectioning people off or all right. being biased or stuff like that so it's cold cold talk for black people I got which we've had to do since the time of slavery so fair enough this is how that works um with black people and co-workers right so <laughs> this is gonna sound crazy to say yeah. our outside indulgences black people we don't want our job to be like oh you do this or you do that or you know these people or you know that so when you're going into work it's almost like you're a different person like i ain't really trying to let y'all people here that work for me at nine to five know what i do at all versus like white people black people look at it like oh this job is your life so like you coming in here you hi hey buddy how are you doing you want to go get drinks happen like nah i'm not trying to do any of that because i have a life outside of work work is not my life i think that's how most black people look at it um as you get further up in the corporate scale i'm sure that changes as far as color or white and black but when you're talking about just like a medium a median average black level black people looking at it like this is just something that i do to make money i don't want to show you my real personality i don't want that to jeopardize my spot in this this uh job because you may know the ceo or the person has influence over hiring so i'm gonna give you what i give you from nine to five and that's me being this black person me being cool or whatever it may be ha ha he he we talk about tv shows or whatnot but when i leave here what i do has nothing to do with you you shouldn't be concerned about it and i don't want to be judged by it as a black person because we might be into some shit now so i, I some, know you guys yeah. as white people y'all in the wild shit too but black people shit and white people shit are different and so right, that's why it. black people don't really make friends with white co-workers so i got a couple questions My so opinion. okay hey it's funny you say that and that's why that makes sense why black people call their workplace the job mm-hmm. <laughs> right mm-hmm. i was at the job because that's what it is right it's a job yeah i don't know these people i don't fuck with these people i have people that i fuck with outside of here that understand me and know what i do so i, got I don't want questions. these okay. people at work to understand at all what i do so where we work mm-hmm. uh I've been there for almost seven years. You've been there for a couple years. So four or five. Yeah. Would you say it's different there? Oh, that's a because it's a bit of a different type of company. It is. It's maybe not the high level, but but no, I will. I will admit that it, it is a different type of company in the sense of the people that you can interact with. It ain't a lot of. Yeah, explain that it's it's not a lot of square people where we work right, right. You know i'm saying like it ain't a lot of oh my god i can't believe nah. you do that it ain't nah. a lot of that 
it's a lot of oh, okay they show get down all right, right i respect it because i get down like this everybody's got a side gig everybody yeah. yeah yeah absolutely Facts. so that ain't the that ain't the norm in corporate america though like that ain't like the norm in corporate america usually is oh this is my get now this is what i expect out of people who've made it this far in my work world and if i see anything different i'm appalled or shocked i was just gonna look on the company yeah yeah what do you do you do this during work hours you're a worthing all of that (laughs) all of that bullshit yeah okay um Okay, so you would say what makes the company we work at different is that there's not a lot of square people there, and there are not a lot of people there that are that are committed to the corporate lifestyle. Is what I would say. Right, because where we work to give some to give some uh, kind of some clarity, we work at a job that can be extremely rewarding financially if you grind it out, but it's not a fun job. It's a great company, great people, but the, the mm-hmm. job itself, it's sales. It's its a grind. It's, it's the mm-hmm. trenches. So yep. everybody there has this commonality of like, let's get it. Like, I'm trying right? to get it. Right. Yeah. Trying to get like, it. I'm it's trying like, to get to that bridge. We're not pretending this is like, you know. Uh, I ain't here because I love it. I'm here because right. I'm trying to make money. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Okay. And my second question would be, if your coworkers are black, yeah, does that change the dynamic? It don't. You and I were talking about this the other day, right? Like, you presented this to me the other day, and I made a comment. You were like, "I can't believe like these guys look at you a different way." And I'm like, "Nah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't respect it. I don't, I don't get it. Nope, I don't believe it." Smells funny, Daniel. It smells funny, Dan. That's what I said to you, and you telling me about people that work there, and I'm like, "Nah, they fuck with you, Lou." And I'm like, "Nah, I don't know. Nah, nope, I ain't buying it." But the reason that is is because like I've had different corporate jobs throughout my years of being in corporate America. Um, the person that you have to show up and be as a black man in corporate America is usually different. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That you are outside of work. So even if those people are telling you like, hey, Dan, this guy's cool. I fuck with him. It's like, oh, yeah, they fuck with the person that they see at work. You know what I'm saying? But if anything else different happens or if I have to depend on them for information to make me be successful, I ain't really sure if they would be like, nah, you should do this or you should do that or here's what's coming down the pipeline. I'm keeping it real with you so I'm letting you know because I'm in a position to let you know that. I ain't really buying into them being that down. That's what I feel I'm like, saying. you know, <coughs> excuse me. You know what I feel like my version of that is? What's that? Church. Because, mm. because, a lot you're of, trying to be a preacher, right? I don't know about a preacher. I, I'd love to teach. But you want to tell? I want to study well, it. first before you get into that. Tell the people about your journey as far as church, where you are right now, and what you're trying to do. That's why they understand what you're saying. Uh, long story short, um, grew up. Uh, my mom's super faithful woman. You know, loves the Lord, uh, and I grew up. Um, in the church but you know never really didn't really take it serious we moved from marietta to alpharetta when i was 13 got stopped going and then i essentially from 13 to like um i'd say 30 um was just i've always been a real skeptical dude anyway so just real skeptical real even with religion 
Oh, of course, yeah, bro. I used to, I used to all the objections that you give me. I used to, <laughs> I used to throw at my mom, and my sweet mom is like the sweetest lady, but she's not an apologist, so she's like, yeah, I don't have answers to that. Um, when I came back, uh, when I got saved in 2019, um, I uh, I started researching that stuff for myself and became fascinated by it and um, became convinced. So now I, uh, I love the Bible. I love, um, I love the theology of it, the philosophy of it. So I hopefully this fall will be going to a seminary to study it. But I don't know that pastoring, see, I love teaching. I love talking about it. I love, I love diving into intricacies of it. I love looking at the Old Testament in, like that was written thousands of years before Jesus ever walked the earth and literally seeing passages that point to him. Like that blows my mind that like, oh, this was written before the man Jesus was ever born. And it's clearly a prophecy because it's explaining his life. Real quick example, Isaiah 53, written 600 years before the man Jesus ever walked the earth. It's talking about he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. By his wounds, we are healed. And I could, there's dozens of them. The whole Old Testament points to Jesus because it's all about him. So I love talking about it like I am, like I'm nerding out right now, right? <laughs> being a pastor, though, is, is is being a shepherd. See, here's the thing, Lou, and we were talking about this on the phone the other day. I would love, and I, and I did this uh, a few months ago for a, a ministry that I'm a part of. I taught First Peter. I love going up, doing what we're doing now in a sense, talking about something, making the cookie, uh, the cookie crumble, breaking it down, answering questions. I love that. I, but that's not that's part of what a pastor does. I don't know that I would be the best person to when someone's child has just died or they're going through a divorce to sit in a room with them and shepherd them through that. I, I, I could point them to what I, I view as truth. But I don't know that I have the gift of encouragement in the sense that I'd, I'd just be like, well, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't I don't I don't know that I would be in the best position to. What's the point? What, you know actually, what I'm saying? I, point I, I, let me bring up, though. If, I, if I'm going, if my if, if, if my child has cancer, if my wife just died, if I if I just lost my if I need pastoral guidance, if I'm a Christian and I need pastoral guidance. Yes, ultimately, I want you to point me to God, but I don't want you to start throwing out facts to me and drawing the things together and all that. I want you to 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 shepherd. Me, you know what I'm saying? And I just don't know that that's my gift. Maybe that'll come. But what does shepherd mean? Meaning like um, uh, to take care of, to 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 lead, to 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 guide, to 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 care for, to okay. to watch over. Right. Your shepherd, a shepherd watches over his sheep. He takes mm. care of them. He feeds them. Uh, he makes sure that I they're you, safe. Yeah, go ahead. You explaining that goes, a, and I'm, I'm speaking for a lot of black men here. If I'm wrong, they can correct me. AWITB2022 at gmail.com. That's the reason a lot of black men shy away from church. I don't want you to shepherd me. I don't want you or a pastor to try and make me cope with or help me comprehend with the things that are going on versus how do I fix this? What do I do? Does that make would, sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So I would, I would say to that. I think that's why one, a lot of black men are skeptical of church. We looking at it like, yeah, you giving me these Bible verses and that's cool. 
that works for you that works for my wife it makes her feel better but in the end me being the man of the house having to figure shit out like what do i need to do next to make my wife feel better with situations that she had make my siblings or children feel better with situations like how am i supposed to be that person or where do i gather the strength from to battle the shit that i'm dealt every day i think that's the biggest thing and that's why you have a less turnout for black men in churches because they don't get that they don't yeah. they don't want to hear the scripture like it ain't technical for them they want really valuable stuff like what can i do tomorrow so i would say a couple of things i think that's a great point and great question so a i would say you're going to be shepherded by someone in this world whether it's a pastor whether it's culture whether it's secular culture whether it's your faith whether it's the podcast you listen to whether it's the influence that you watch we are all influenced by what we take in and what we hold as true and what we hold as authoritative all of us the question then becomes what do you hold as ultimately true and what do you hold as ultimately authoritative so that's number one what i would say is that everyone is shepherded by someone um and it, even if it's not a pastor um to your point about practicality i think that's a great point so uh, yeah i think that look if i as a christian if i need to know how to build uh if i need to if it, so so if i if my wife and i are going through something or if i need a specific problem done it's not necessarily a spiritual problem yeah the pastor might not be the best fit for that but i think ultimately i mean you know as far as the fundamental truths of life and morality uh proverbs bro half the self-help of 90 percent of self-help you could just go to proverbs and it's been said three thousand years ago bro um and to be fair that's free that you can get anywhere <laughs> yeah right and that right so and 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 again and this is a larger conversation we don't have to get into but then it ultimately comes down to if you truly believe that these words were inspired by god the creator of all things then who else would i want to go to other than to um to understand these things and to live my life from the question is what is the integrity of the shepherd and what i've heard from you a lot of times when we've discussed this stuff is that you and maybe a lot of black men have grown up around quote unquote shepherds that were really wolves that were really what about mean? what do you mean by that you always used to talk about how there would be a pastor in the hood driving a Benz, people are starving <laughs> but it'd be like trying to get them excited about jesus and that turned you off right so i would just say um, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, and, no. And, 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 and what I would say is that pastor is a bad pastor. He's a wolf. And there's white wolf. No matter what color the pastor is, if, he, if he's not being true, the question is is he being true to the word? If he's being true to the word, then he's a good pastor. If he, you know, all that. So, all that to say, though, I think also you make a good point about the feminization of church. That's a big thing me and my buddy on our podcast talk about. Uh, quick plug, it's called You Can't Say That in Church. Uh, two church dudes, what we talk about, we talk about the stuff that nobody wants to talk about like this. So yeah, church has become, I think it is a black and white thing both though too. Uh, 
the church has become soft primarily for women bro read read samuel read david read, read the stories about david and the crazy stories read joe read read the stories about men going to war bro the old testament is the ultimate game of thrones the ultimate game of thrones bro it's wild bro like it's rated r bro like so you had these men being called to do things being summoned to do things going through trials falling so much and then you you get the morality from it you get the parable of it or whatever we've lost in the modern i would say western church because the church is actually growing in, in places like africa and china and they don't have this like hi welcome to church yeah 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 it's like oh no this is god's word we're gonna come study it and we're gonna live our lives by it it's not soft we in the west black and white i feel like have the church has become a women's club to a degree and praise god for the women the it's the men not stepping up that why i think, you think uh, that is why what, what aren't part? the men like why aren't men receptive of church it's like well i ain't gonna lie to you i want to yeah. be fully transparent if i don't go to church at all and yeah. if someone asked me to be like hey go to church with me like bro i would have a thousand and one excuses like i'm not going i'm not doing it i don't want to hear what this dude up here is talking about like there's nothing in this for me and i feel like a lot of black men think that way yeah so that's what so so again that, that i think there are multiple answers to that but just specifically about the women the the the, 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 the women thing i think that in the last so look real quick because i don't want to spend forever on religion unless you want to but Take so in the time. last so the the whole thing the church used to be let's say pre-1940s like long time ago was this very strict kind of um this is really an in-house conversation so you're really hearing what we talk about like me and my friends the church was like this very almost like this catholic very strict choir boy go in be perfect god is your dad who's mad at you anytime you mess up and you're gonna burn for eternity if you do one thing wrong that was the church for so many years that's not an accurate view of god however what we've done in the last 30 or so years at least i know in uh uh in churches that are more white or churches that are mixed or what that i've been around we've swung the pendulum so far to overcorrect that that now Jesus is just your cool yoga instructor, man. And you can just do whatever you want, man. Hey, hey, bro, you, you went out and did this. You did that. You did, bro, you cheated on your wife. Bro, hey, look, man, if God forgives, bro, it's cool. There's this natural softness. Bro, men in general like to be held accountable. Even if they don't, they know that they need it and they respect it. Men want to be held accountable. They want to be called to war. They want to be called to on some Braveheart type stuff. Like men want to be have mission. The church doesn't really give that. It's this soft, at least again, in, in the type of churches, a lot of churches I'm around or used to be around. You go in and the people are nice, but it's a Coldplay concert. It's lights and lasers and just fun times or just singing and whatever. And then the preacher gets up there and gives a 25 minute TED talk about you know yeah. how to do some practical like you know have a good marriage this will make always, you feel better to this week this will make you feel better right and that's not the gospel bro that's that so 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 and that's a whole other conversation but i think that the church has catered to the church has the church has abandoned teaching men from a masculine perspective how to be men of god and men of god in the bible were masculine 
So that's what I was. In what saying. sense? What do you mean that they were masculine? Uh, warriors, bro. Uh, David, a warrior. Uh, making sure that their family was okay. Making sure that their families were cool, like like savages, bro. Like Game of Thrones for real, like savages, bro. Like in, in the sense of like not like 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 going to war and 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 making sure that they're they're um they they did their duty and stuff like that. And you could argue the most example would be Jesus, like taking on something taking responsibility for something that was not ultimately on him to ultimately take care of everyone else so there's literally a verse i wrote it down i look at it sometimes when i work out where it's like be strong be courageous and the greek word is act like men so we don't talk about that in the church anymore we don't we don't call men to a um a higher standard of other than just be good be good boys don't sin don't sleep around don't do this it's like bro what is the what is the good part what is the call what is the how do you live in a in a masculine way so that's what i would say living in a masculine way what do you mean by that taking uh like a lot of what like a jordan peterson would talk see see that's the thing too men in the church or men who would have historically been in the church are now looking to the secular world and the culture because they're myself included before I was saved because they're finding truths about how to be a man from guys outside of the church like Jordan Peterson like Joe Rogan like Jocko Willink like a lot of these YouTube guys who are like hey man you should clean your room you should shave make your bed make your bed hey oh you want a wife bro you're you're tired of watching porn like instead of a pastor telling a bunch of kids a bunch of dudes in their 20s and 30s who are single who who are trying not to sleep around well you know that's just bad and that's the rules why don't you tell them how to find a godly wife hey bro you need to get your money black people in a black people world that's kevin samuels you know who that is 100 percent. yeah okay yeah and that just to make sure the people listening understand kevin samuels is the perfect example of where when the church fails to provide not so i bet you will watch kevin samuels though right yep exactly but you're not but you're not listening to a preacher That's or a I'm pastor pitch this information because to you they're trying so the same hard thing. not to piss people off yeah paul jesus the prophets isaiah they weren't care they didn't care about pissing people off bro. that's what they that's why they killed him bro because he pissed people off so my whole point is when 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 men men need to hear these days look at where we are bro men are getting married later this conversation is fire by the way men are getting married later Mm -hmm. um men are uh lonelier statistically than they've ever been before uh watching porn rates look regardless of what anyone thinks about the morality of watching porn or anything like that i think we would all agree (laughs) that whether you're a christian a muslim a buddhist an atheist uh i don't know an agnostic like i think kind of you are like whether like i don't i just don't know no matter where you land we can all agree that watching porn excessively is not the peak of being a human male species on it this makes earth, it easy right? it makes it easy it's watching instant, porn right? exactly. excessively makes food, it bro. easy yeah. it's fast food i ain't gotta i ain't got a court i ain't gotta do all of these things i can yep. watch this oh i can get my hood off and then i'm done with it <laughs> exactly like, yeah but we would agree it's but not that ain't it, healthy that that's not the pinnacle of um male female like you i think i think because I as a man like just to chime yeah. in here as yeah, a man absolutely. when you're watching like that's not the goal in life like you don't want to be able to get quick satisfaction from shit 
like even movie. if it's porn like when we're it's talking anything. about it yeah like even like from the instant we're talking about porn you don't want to be able to oh i can I can just pull up this picture or these videos and I can get my nut off and I'll be cool and I ain't got to talk to women. Like, that's not what you're trying to do as a male because you want to make sure that you're out here in life. You want to make sure that you're spreading. I don't want to say spreading your seed. No, but let's just say that. You, you, you're, if we're just going to take it from a... If I, and I mean to cut you off. I apologize. No, I'm no. Agreeing with you. Like, our fundamental regardless of faith our fundamental biologically fundamental drive is to propagate our species pass down our blood porn if you think about it is the antithesis to do that because here's the thing when you watch porn when you watch porn and you bust part of you knows like okay i'm a loser like i just why or like man this is like well, whatever like you know what i'm saying it's like going through a drive-thru at mcdonald's like you know you should have it was like all right whatever we got this disgusting ass yeah, double exa- cheeseburger yeah, for 99 yeah, exactly. cents but I really should have went home and ate exactly. steak because I got it. I had it. some chicken breasts at home. I'm probably going to have to throw them out because I didn't cook yeah. them and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I let but, it spoil you. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But here's the thing. There's a part of your brain that doesn't know. Like the, the, the you know, the, the the subconscious part of your brain, the the evolution or the, what, the, just the biological part of your brain thinks I have options of a ton of women and I went and did my my duty or what my my purpose and I propagated my species because I busted in this beautiful woman who is going to carry down my bloodline with beautiful children and uh, sustainable all that. So all that to say the church needs to get back to calling men to a higher purpose and talking to men directly rather than just being a women's club and again i just want to make this clear for any any woman any woman listening i don't blame the women i blame the men i blame the pastors and the leaders of the church not the women because women will be led when they are led by good men and that's what kevin samuels talks about all the time that's what jordan peterson talks about all the time most women i think if they're honest they want to be led by a good man i'm not talking about the boss you know the the the, the whatever um, whatever and more power now to you, you if that's the thing that's that all yeah. women all women okay okay you I said ain't it. even right, going cool. like I'm, I'm i'm gonna step out on a limb and say all women agree i agree so i'm just trying i'm being pc right but now you gotta so have I, your shit together i agree right. exactly and the church has not been telling men to get that together like it, it, yeah so, I, I don't think that most men are willing to take the steps that they need to to get their shit together. Like, there's that. a lot of different conversations that you can have and say, well, I got my shit together enough to, to do this or run this organization or for these people to respect me or for my wife to not suspect no crazy shit. But when you're talking about the ultimate level of I'm out here doing what the I'm fuck doing. I need to do. A lot of men aren't. There is no reason for them to try to get to that level. Would you agree or not agree with that? Like, I I know I don't have to operate at an optimal level because I've been dealing with my chick for six years and she takes the mediocre shit. I've been dealing with my friends for five years and we've been, been talking about job. building. Yeah, like it's cool. I can make enough money. I can do these things where I ain't got to go above and beyond. I can just, you know, I can coast it out. And you and I talked about this just a couple of days ago. Coasting it out is cool. Like you can, you can make a living from coasting it out. Right. But when it comes to the point of like, nah, I really got self-respect for myself and I'm trying 
to make a name for myself or my family or I really want motherfuckers to understand where I'm coming from and the mark that I'm trying to make on this world. I don't think a lot of people are tapped into that. They ain't tapped into like what I need to do to make this happen. I would agree. And I think that um, this is really a broader conversation that I think you I'm sure you've heard podcasts about about where we are as a country and as a civilization, white, black, whatever, of living in a time with instant gratification. Um, I have a computer in my pocket that I can do anything I want with. Um, Living at a time where, um, you know, we have access to any type of instant gratification that we want. So I think that anything that I want, anything I want. So there are more. There are so many. Bro, like our great, great who like our ancestors didn't have a choice, bro. Like it was either like it was either like I go out and I mine this field or I hit this piece of coal until it turns into this or I hit this I'm a blacksmith and I hit this shoe horse or whatever it is figure this shit out out the way it's presented or you're going to die you your family Family? everybody that's connected with you your your whole bloodline the way it's presented to you or you're going to die and I don't think enough people take realization into that like I I, I really got to figure this out People yeah. are dependent upon a lot of safety nets in now in yes. today's society as well. No, 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 I agree. And I think that um I think that I've seen over the last few years. Have you heard of the red pill movement? No, no that is no. It's it's it, it can be kind of toxic, but it's just like kind of like it's and it can be it can be really toxic or it can be it's just like the manosphere of like getting your stuff together and and becoming a man and not making even Some women Jordan Peterson shit yeah not me not even making women your main objective but making your purpose leveling up um, your health your fitness your faith your job your business whatever it is making your mission in this life your sole focus go in monk mode if you have to. I'm not going to talk to anybody for six months. I'm going to hit the gym. I'm going to do whatever. Like, it's so easy not to do that, though, bro, because there's so many. And nowadays, you just answered it. We don't have to. There it is. In today's society, it's it's, it's difficult, though. Like, disconnecting yourself from social media, disconnecting yourself from, oh, this is what happened today. Right. Versus, hey, man, this is what I'm trying to do. It don't matter to me at all. I don't Bro, you care know how many about times you. I've tried to do the 4 a.m. wake up, get up, like, 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 all right, man, tomorrow I'm going to, I'm going to get up at this time. I'm going to write down all my goals. And there's just like this resistance that just like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, it's just like, Fact. it's hard. Yeah. Like even being like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to write this now. Like as a man, it seemed just tedious. Like I ain't got to do all that shit. I <laughs> need to do what I need to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, totally. So, um, and I think that that's why you see, um, that's why you see uh, people having children less, people having children later, people getting married later. And I think that um, women, again, to to, to give the women grace, I think the women look at the men and see, you know, 30, 40 year old boys, like, you know. (laughs) So it's like they might get it off, like they might they might hook up or whatever. But it's like, I'm so, no, I'm gonna go. Like if I if I was bro, if what I was are you a, doing? 
If I was Literally, a woman what are you right doing? now, if I was a if I was an eighteen year old girl right now, and I see it, all the all right. dudes, TikTok, all this stuff, I'd be like, I'm going to law school, and I'm getting a degree, and so I don't blame them, man. Like we've turned, which is we are men are responsible for feminism, like like period. Like we are responsible for like the, the full blown third wave feminism. We are responsible for women trying to be self sustaining because we haven't sustained them. That's what I'm trying mm. to say. Why do you think that is? Why do you think men are so comfortable? I, with, I love the Joe Rogan. Hey man, quote. it's just me. I'm yeah, just I love gonna play dude. video games, and I'm gonna, be, <laughs> I'm gonna be the dude that. Yeah, I'm saying this is me. This is what you can expect from me. I think men are comfortable not, with it. Yeah, it's not his quote, but Joe Rogan quoted some dude where he said, uh, "Hard times make hard men. Hard men create soft times." Hmm. Soft times create soft men. Soft we men live. create hard times, bro. That and we are in the hard time. So I'm gonna say it one more time. Hard times create hard men. You think World War Two? You oh. think whatever? Yeah, pause for sure. <laughs> hard men create soft times because they don't. They do what they got to do, and they 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 have abundance, and they make it good for their children. That's what you're supposed to do, right? But then that creates soft times, which creates soft men. Because the men, the, 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 the sons of the hard men who had to go out and get it and had to fight, now the sons are living in abundance. They're living in the wealth that the hard men built. So the sons are now like, oh, cool. It's like you said earlier, the dude who's like, yeah, my dad did this or whatever, like, or the company guy. Cool. Who's like, oh, I'm good. I'm cool. And then those men create hard times. And that's what we're in right now. We're in <coughs> a hard time. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's good. it's good. I hope. Um, I hope. Uh, but I will say, I, there's hope because I think the internet changed everything, bro. Like for the good and the bad, because it's like as mad as bad as people want to talk about, like the internet and and and, and as dangerous as it, it's social and it can be. How many things are we exposed to? If you want, it really is an algorithm of what you decide you want to intake in your brain. Would you agree with that? Like you have control to some degree, maybe not fully, but you have a lot of control over the content you consume, over what you put in your mind. You know? No, that's good. That's a fact. I think that's a great place to leave it off at AWITB 2022 Gmail. Let us know what you think about the conversation. Let us know what you think. Oh, you may, you may have been way off in that or you guys hit that right on the head. Let us know. Yeah, we went an hour already. That's great. Already. <laughs> what else you got? Well, we can get out of here. Let's end it on some uh, some light. Um, what made the wire? Well, we already talked about that, but like the Sopranos thing. So, so mm-hmm. you like the ending of the Sopranos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was left up to interpretation, and I don't want to do no spoilers for people who are, hey man, I'm just listening to this because you guys did the uh, podcast for this. I want people to still be able to digest the ending and not have us lead them to a certain place. But yeah, okay, I do. And I would say, while I think The Wire is the greatest show of all time. Not even close. Tony Soprano is the greatest television character ever. I don't even. I would agree with that. I don't even think it's a close second. I don't even see a close second, bro. But to be fair, the wires. You ain't. You ain't a big succession fan. 
I know you keep Roy. Logan Roy is the closest. It's, it's over. Forty did they episodes. It, did they end it like did bro. They get, like, did, they, listen, did they end it well? Listen, like, how listen to me. Yeah. Forty episodes right here. This is the only show succession that I've ever watched. Four seasons straight. No, no time off. All 40 episodes, four seasons, 10 10 episodes per season. This is the only show I'm like, okay, they did it perfectly. Every episode made sense. Every episode wasn't a waste. This is what I was looking for as a TV person checking into this type of You wouldn't say that about Breaking Bad? Nah. There's some episodes on Breaking Bad where I'm looking at it back and I'm like, ah. Y'all why, why? Yeah, yeah. Like, why are we talking about this? And the main one is the fly episode. Yeah, like the fly. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I wasn't a fan of the fly. Yeah, and people love that horseshit. episode too. Yeah, to me that was horseshit. So my last <laughs> question for you, bro, as a podcaster who's been doing this uh, so long, man, and um, again, like you were, you, you and Chris have been doing this when I wanted to do this. Um, where do you see the future of content? going because there's so many creators there's so many voices what do you think where how am i I gonna ask this where do you see it going in the next few years 10 years decade or whatever and ultimately how does the cream rise to the top when there's a so much good stuff there's so much cream but also the, the, the cup is so big whatever analogy you want to use so so that's my question for you um that's a bet where i see it going mm, that's a really a really good question in the sense of people are looking for things that they can relate to and even bringing you in on this episode saying okay Mo's not going to be here who can I bring in that's going to be able to have a sustainable conversation to where people who listen to this show would be appreciative of this They're like oh, okay yeah it ain't the normal thing that I get but I got, I got something from this mm. and getting something from the content that so many podcasters are doing now right like getting something from that content and you being able to say okay i I get that i didn't know that this person or any person for that matter had this perspective that i had and now that i'm listening to this and i listen to their perspective i can agree or disagree but it may know what exactly yeah there are people out there who are listening to the same things that i do who are doing the same things that i do and it makes me fucking think come on that's the biggest thing for me as a content creator all the shows that i do everything with dead end or anything with on deck or anything with another week in the books or even good earnest for that matter for that matter it goes to what are people going to take away from my experience? How do they respond to that? Totally. Do you, I was going to 
that. So like, do you think that's what? Because like you and I both acknowledge. What's funny is like we lo- like we love the Joe Rogan podcast, but like, mm-hmm. bro, I don't think I don't think if somebody hit us up, if somebody hit you and me up in like a group chat, like a, a mutual right. friend, it was like Lou Dan, Joe Rogan's coming in town to do his comedy. I think you and I would both be like. We we might go just because it's but, right. but like but we we wouldn't be like oh absolutely but like as nah. soon as that Spotify hits I'm checking to see who's on there and unless it's like a UFC dude if it's some scientist like okay I'm in there like and like do you think that's why his podcast was and has grown to be the most successful media thing on earth and we were on Rogan before like he exploded it's because he has so many different views whether you love hate whatever it's it, like oh i never thought of that that way or man i disagree whatever it is yeah i agree that's the thing that registers for me most with podcasts like what are people talking about yeah and what type of contribution do i have amongst the people who i relate to in essence to what they're talking about like i i have people all around me who they don't know about the joe rogan podcast who right. the fuck are you talking about like who is right. who is jordan peters like i don't i don't know this dude yeah. however if i send them a clip and they're like oh, okay well th- this guy is making a lot of sense it came from i took in the two the whole hour and a half two hours three hour podcast that, that was and i'm like uh there was some great information in here yeah you ain't gotta agree with it you ain't right. gotta like it. Listen to it. Yeah, man. At the very least, gather an objective opinion where you're like, this is bullshit and I hate it. And I don't know why you sent it to me versus, uh, you know, I'm taking everything in. It's cool. Uh, like, I would yeah. rather people be able to be like, this is the content that's out here. I agree or disagree with it. And we move from there. I agree. And last thing I'll say is that I think that when you listen to people and this might sound cliche or whatever, but when you listen to a good argument from someone, whether you agree or not, when you listen to a position that you disagree with, but from someone who can argue that position as best possible, it then sharpens your ability to argue the position that you stand for, even if it's on the complete opposite end, because you know it's called, you know, instead of straw manning the argument, you're steel manning it. You're like, I want to be able to argue, even if I disagree with you, I want to be able to explain and argue your position as good, if not better than you can, because I know if I disagree, that's going to then help me. It's like chess, you know what I mean? That's jujitsu, whatever. That's going to then help me understand. So, yeah. I'm going to be able to make moves to help me in what I heard within my life. Absolutely. That's what we're looking for, Dan. I appreciate you joining me on another week in the books. I'm going to send the invite out for good earners as far as the Sopranos podcast. What do you want to leave the people with before we get out of here? Ah, man. Um, I appreciate it. And uh, find, find the right people the right content when it because since we're on that way find the right people the right content the right um uh the right shepherds if you will um 
and and follow them and to the men since we talked about it so much find what you love to do even if you got to work a, uh, you know a bs job find what you want to do really sit and think about and i and i i've had to do this really sit and think about the man you want to be what you want your grandchildren if you want them to you know to be what what you want to build and ultimately start doing that now start doing that now and as hard as it'll be and again i'm talking to myself as hard as it'll be um you'll have a legacy that'll last a lot longer than uh the, the simple pleasures of life that just fly by that's what i would say that's a good point damn I appreciate you joining us for another week in the books. Appreciate you, you threw in the clutch for me when Mo wasn't here. Great advice. I yeah. Look, if you don't know, listen and figure it out. Amen. And we gonna help you with. It. This is another week in the books. My guy Dan checking in with me. No more this week, AWITB 2022 for the Gmail and all the great shit that you guys need from us. Dan, anything before we leave out of here? That's it, man. That's it. I appreciate you, brother.